glory. This walk we have with the Lord or calling with the Lord, whatever you want to call it, wouldn't it be nice if it was a 50-yard dash? That would be so nice. I remember years ago and years ago in a a tryout, one of the tryouts is you had to run 60 yards. And man, that's over in like six seconds. Wouldn't it be nice if that's the way it was? With the Lord, somewhere in your life, you get right with God. You ask for repentance. God gives it to you. Doesn't remember your sin anymore. Fills you with the Holy Ghost. And six seconds later, you're in heaven. Wouldn't it be nice? But it's not true, is it? I mean, it really isn't. So, with that thought in mind, this is where we're going tonight. Hebrews 12.1. This is uh, New King James, the very first <clears throat> scripture we're going to look at today, or tonight. <clears throat> it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. King James says patience. Same thing, same idea. This is not a 60-yard dash. It is a run of endurance. It is. Like it or not, it is. Ed, would you take us before the Lord, please? Amen. You may be seated. It's kind of like this. In just a few days, maybe four or five days, they're going to have the Winter Olympics. There'll be downhill skiing. There'll be that uh, long jump when they go sailing through the sky with their skis. There'll be speed racing with their uh, ice skates and all that kind of stuff. You know what? Um, I think I'm going to try out. I got five days. I mean, this is what I'm talking about as far as this race. This is not something you can just accomplish or pick up within five days. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. But this walk before us, race, whatever you want to call it, is a race of endurance. Absolute endurance. Just something possessed me about a month ago or less than that. And I went out and bought an exercise bike. Um, and it, it wasn't a great bike, but it's good enough to do the job. And it has like uh, eight workouts on it. Uh, that You just press one and you've got this workout that you go through. I don't know how long they are. Forget. I haven't been on it that much. Um, but, you know, they have little dots like this one. And it goes up and up and up and up and up and up. And then you're up for one and down, 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 down. And you probably all know that because you probably all have them too somewhere laying around in your yard or garage or somewhere on Craigslist. So I'm on it for the very first time. I'm throwing this piece of cake, man. I'm just pedaling, 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 and it beeps and all that kind of stuff. And next thing you know, it goes to the next, next, uh, I think it's level or resistance level. And all of a sudden the pedals tighten up. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is going to be torture. This is not going to be easy. And as you look at this Thing. I mean, it's, it's this big screen. It stares you right in your face. It's like you can't ignore it. It's right there. Every second seems like a week. And it gets harder and harder and harder. And it peaks out. And it's hard for a long time. 
I swear it was a week. But it was only like 22 minutes. And it, and it's a resistance comes against us. And it's part of this walk. And you swear it's forever. But it isn't. It's a part of, and when I got off the bike, my, my legs felt weird. Well, they felt like they were used. And uh, that's something I don't, flesh don't like. I like just how they are right now. I mean, they flabby and not, not a whole lot. But when the endurance comes and then they start tightening up and the blood rushes to them and then it's like, what is this? And it took me probably two weeks to get back on it. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm not on it very regularly. But this word endurance is patience, consistency, and it is steadfastness. There's, this is what this walk is that you and I are in. This is what it's in. If you're looking for a five-yard dash, 60-yard dash, six-second dash, forget it. You will be shipwrecked. Endurance. This is the key word. Timothy says this. I have fought a good fight. Or Paul says this in the book of Timothy. I have finished my course or race. This is Paul's words when he came to the end, his finish line. You're not there yet. And so you are not able to say this. But Paul said, look, I have fought a good fight in this race, this course that is laid before me. I have finished my course, my race. I have kept the faith. This is what he was talking about. What is needed is endurance to finish what we have begun in Christ. Or what he has begun in us, I should say. It is absolute endurance. This race is set before us by God. By Almighty God. You cannot select your race. Like on my uh, exercise bike, and I get back on and I'm going to look for a flatline exercise. Nothing that goes up. That's what I would look for. In fact, I did that. Uh, you don't have to press any of those workouts. You can just get on and pedal it. And I mean, I'm just zipping along and I'm just going for time. And I thought, there, good. I was 30 minutes just zipping along. But it did not give the same effect or effect if I would have just did the endurance workout one. And so now I know the next time I got to get out, I got to pick one of those easiest workouts that's there. Because we don't like this type of walk or this type of race that is set before. But God knows what you need. Without resistance, you'll be a baby in the things of Almighty God. And God wants you to work out this race that He has set before you. And that word set means to be placed before the eyes. To lie in sight. Do you see it? Do you remember the race that is laid before you? If you have come here any length of time, you should know what is, ex is expected of you from the Word of God that you should be receiving. It's not a skip to my loo. It's not some Red Rover, Red Rover. It's not a game. This thing that is set before us. And God would remind you of that tonight. That this race that is set before you is a race that you must run. You must. Probably a lot of you have these exercise equipments and all they are now is uh, hangers or something you put a coat on or something I'm determined not to use mine that way. That's why I use a doorknob. I mean, it still doesn't mean I do the exercise, but that's what happens to it. We just kind of don't want it. We don't want the exertion or the effort or the, the trial of it or whatever it is, and we just kind of ignore it. But this is a race you must 
run. I don't know. I mean, a lot of you are in shape, but probably I don't know any of you that love to run. Just love. I mean, it's a drag. I mean, I'll run from here to my car if it's raining. <laughs> really, seriously, just running? Oh my gosh, you gotta be kidding me. And, uh, and I would just, with the exercise things, I would say, give me a basketball, give me a football, give me a tennis racket, racquetball, anything, and I will run until I drop. But just to run? To just run? And now I'm too old for basketball and football, and, and so now they're telling me you gotta do something. Well, I don't want to. And so there's the battle and, and that goes on. And But in the spiritual race, there's no, uh, it's no option. I absolutely must run. It involves effort and commitment. Just being passive. Never, no one ever wins or runs a race. Just being passive in the things of God. God wants us to run this race and not only run it, but finish it. The Bible tells us that He wants you to have fruit, but He wants you to have fruit that what? Remains. What good it is if you once brought good fruit, and now you no longer. Eventually, you're going to get cut down. Now, 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all. That's, that's all of us. That's it. But one receiveth the prize, so run. He says, that you may obtain. Why on earth would you give your life to the Lord, be filled with the Spirit of God, and run like a fool? Why would you waste God's time? Why would you trip on this wonderful thing called salvation? Why would you even come to church and play the game if you're not going to run? God says, you're in this race, now run! And that's what we have to do. No matter what it is, no matter if you turn a corner, and there it is, much afraid, there's your huge mountain that's before you. So you run it. <clears throat> Verse 25 says, everyone, NIV says, everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. Now we're talking about this, the spiritual run. You should be in strict training. There are things that you used to do that the Spirit of God should say, you can't do that anymore. That is bad for you. That is no longer spiritually healthy for you. That's full of bad carbs. That's full of fat. You can't do that anymore in your spiritual walk. That will contaminate you. That will pollute you. That will make you weak. And so God says, everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will... Uh, that will last. Uh, but, uh, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. I mean, if you're into the Olympics and you watch them, you just think of what they go through and how fit they are and the things that they can do for a crown that won't last. And you and I are offered crowns that will last and give about a tenth of the effort. Oh, I'm telling you, people are, we are the dumbest things in the world. I mean, the flesh got way too much a hold on us. It has to. Or we're seeing through glass darkly. I know that like this thing, but I can still see through it. And yet we still don't give that effort that God wants. Corinthians says, I therefore so run. 
Not as uncertainly. Not just run to just run. God says, here's the plan that's laid before you. Here it is. God lays it out. And He says, start running. And you go, okay, God. God says, don't run foolishly. Don't just run around in a panic. Look and see that race. The finish, the prize is Christ. The high calling. Run for Him. Don't get caught up in every silly wind of doctrine. You're like this and someone goes, angel wings. You go, then you're over there. It's all foolish and dumb. It's all so much dumb stuff all to keep you from running the race that is set before you. Gold dust. And then you're over here playing in fool's gold. Anything so that you will not run this race. And the enemy uses it over and over and over. So he goes here and says, I therefore so run, but not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Not some foolish little thing just... But fight! Fight! I mean, we know how silly that would look if you go into a heavyweight match and this brute of a beast called Goliath is the world champion. He's got the belt on. He's just like this. He's got muscles that bulge all over the place. And the, you come to the center and the referee gives you the thing and bell goes off and he's doing this and you're going... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's what, this is what the Bible's talking about. You're in a fight! You're in a fight! Is what the Word of God's telling us. He says, so not as one that just beateth the air, but he goes on and says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, least by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself become a castaway. You ever talk to people about the Lord? I mean, it just feels awesome. But even while you're talking to them, you're thinking, man, you ought to listen to yourself. You ought to do what you're telling them what to do. But you understand, this race that we're in, we have an arch enemy. He wants to keep us from running this race from Almighty God, who's trying his best ability to cause us to stumble, throwing all kind of things at you to keep you from stumbling. I was talking to someone out of state last week, and they were like, just, man, man, oh man. And I found this scripture, and I sent it to them. It's not a forgotten scripture you've heard it before daniel 7 25 says and i said listen to this scripture and he shall speak great words against the most high and shall wear out the saints of the most high like that word before where he shall shall you ever get wore out i mean you're not superhuman you're not a superman there are things that just kind of wear us out they just kind of constantly bother us and pull us down if your physical body's in pain and they can't seem to get a hold of it and they can't understand why you're in pain yet you're still in pain after a while it wears you out emotional physical spiritual it all wears you out and that word wear means to harass constantly the enemy never takes a break on you he constantly is attempting to harass you. Find some type of crack in your armor, whatever it is. If he can get you to believe that Christ doesn't love you, then he'll pick and he'll pick and he'll pick and he'll pick. Harass you constantly. 
And if you're not running that race, you're going, who's doing it? Well, it's the pastor. It's a, you're beating. They have no clue. It's the enemy. And so God tells you. Now this, I looked up some commentaries. I mean, this is some heavy stuff that the enemy shoots at us with his big guns. Now, what I'm telling you, I'm telling you this just to enlighten you. You understand though, the greater is he that's in us. I mean, the way we walk and think sometimes, you wonder about that. We know that the scripture is true and every man should be a, a, a liar because, but we walk sometimes different to what the word says. But this harassing, this constantly speaks of a cruel and systematic pressure comes, coming from the enemy. It's a scheme. It's a blueprint. It's this. He pulls it out and he'll get the name of Chris Latern and he'll try, what's his weaknesses? Pick, pick. It's a systematic. Okay, now move to his wife. Systematic pressure from the enemy, from above, attempting to wear us out as friction wears out clothes. Your clothes get old after a while, and some of you still-toed guys that work hard, rough, you can see it wearing away. Next thing you know, you can just see the metal. They wear away from friction. and And this is what the enemy attempts to do to you and I. This gentleman named Wood, I don't even know who he is, but he says to wear out the saints means to harass them continually so that life becomes a wretched existence. Oh, yeah. And it goes on and it says such continual and drawn out pressure far more effectively breaks down the human spirit. I'm talking about safe folks tonight. It does. It happens to us. That this race, and we're supposed to be running this race. So there's something we have to do. We're going to get to it pretty soon. Lamentations 1.4 tells us this. The ways of Zion do mourn because none come to the solemn feast. All her gates are desolate. Her priests sigh. Her virgins are afflicted. And she is in bitterness. Now, a virgin is a bride, a chaste bride. That's what that means, that you are to be and I am to be to Christ. Talks about our priests sigh. Oh, my gosh. And the church is afflicted and in bitterness. You can become exhausted in this war. You can and probably have been. And maybe even tonight you are. And here's another thing. Our own flesh is an enemy in this battle, in this war. My very own flesh, there's nowhere for me to run to hide from it. If you're a pain in my neck, I can hide from you. But I can't hide from me. In fact, I think me is my arch enemy many times. Romans says this. Again, I, I used a different translation. I forget which one I picked. The law is good. Word of God is good. He says, the trouble is not with the law, but with me. Because I am sold into slavery with sin as my master. I don't understand myself at all. For I really want to do what is right. But I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. I know perfectly well 
that what I'm doing is wrong. And my bad conscience even shows that I agree that the law is good. But I can't help myself because it is sin inside me that makes me do these evil things. That's your flesh. Even the doggone flesh. You're like, okay, the high calling. I got that taken care of. I got that taken care of. I'm coming against the enemy. Okay. God says, run. And you go, oh, I think I'll watch TV. Your, your flesh is drawn. It even also, aren't you? I am so exhausted about myself. Wouldn't you just like to get out? Get away from yourself. And I look in the mirror and it's myself again. No wonder Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. And this is what I'm talking about. And in Psalms 137 says this. You don't have that one, Lorraine. It says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yes, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there that, for there they that carried us away captive, captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of those songs of Zion. We said, how shall we sing the Lord's song in this strange land? Just exhausted, worn out. Because of stuff. But the Bible also is this. In Isaiah 40, he says he gives power to the faint. <clears throat> There's a movie thing that comes on, every, I forget what, every Thursday night. I can't, can't remember what it's called. It's just mystery. Clean, not a whole lot. But what I'm getting to is the front. You know, the, the beginning, the intro is always the same. And it's one part, This it's kind of characters, make-believe characters, and the one lady always goes, oh, and faints. Just, oh, and faints. And God says, that's no problem. If you're like that tonight, God does not walk up and say, it's, it's too late. Man, many times when I've found out situations are going on in people's lives, i found out too late, and there's nothing I can do. But if God says, even if you are about to faint or did faint, I've come to give you power. Amen. He says he gives power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. No might. Not a little might. Not a kind of might. No might. Your face, you're exhausted. You're like this. You're just flat, smashed into the book. God says, I've come to give you might. Remember that song we used to sing? He's the... Lifter of my head, even when you cannot lift your head. And this is what the Word of God is, is telling us with, with no might and no strength. But there is stuff we have to do. The Word of God says even the youth shall faint and be weary. Even the young people are going to faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly, utterly fall. That's what it is. This race. But, it says... They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
you understand? I mean, you just can't read this and say, okay, I'm renewed. No, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Preached the message a long time ago. It was in here, I remember, but I, I can't remember when I had a shovel. Does anybody remember when I had a shovel? I brought a shovel in. No one remembers two, three, four. Okay, mostly no one, five. Okay, good. I'm glad most of you don't remember, I guess. Genesis says this, For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the day of Abraham his father, the Philistines, the enemy, have stopped them and filled them with earth. And your job is to dig. Dig again. They dug those wells at one time. There was water there. Everything was wonderful. Then the enemy came and stuffed them up. Just like you. You were wonderful serving God on the down part of your slope. Everything's cool. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden, we go, who did that? And the enemy comes and stops up the wells. It seems like the flow stops. And you're back in the desert. And it's dry. And you got to dig. Preached a message about Abraham was a man who built altars and dug wells. Built altars to worship and dug wells to praise his name. And that's what you have to do. In order to get your strength back. In order to get the ability to run. Understand, you see, you just can't run. Even though if you know this is true, this is spiritually correct, you just cannot do it on your own unless you tap into the power of God, unless you tap into the source of God. Now, I showed you a clip a long time ago. I want to just show it to you again. When you're ready, Lorraine, just put that up there and see what it does to you. See if you remember this and the reason why we showed it. No matter what's going on in your life, blessed be the name of the Lord. At the top when everything's wonderful, at the bottom when everything's fallen out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You do that, that's starting to dig the wells. That God will give you strength again, might again, direction again, courage to continue to run. Be like much afraid. That's what it is. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalm 72, 19 says, And blessed be His glorious name forever, and let the whole earth be filled with His glory. Amen and amen. My question to you tonight is, are you ready to come, really, and stand? I w- this is what I would love to, for you to do, would be to stand at this altar and dig. Absolutely dig a well that will produce refreshing, pure water. And I even asked, and uh, I told Michael, what I would really love is for the band to enter in and not have to just uh, play again, but to get an opportunity for themselves to come down and just dig a well and worship and praise. We'll let the screens lead us in worship for a while. And they're not there for you just to gawk at, but for you to enter in worship. by Maybe if you forget the words, the words will be on there to just help you to blessed be the name. And to dig the wells and start mounting up with wings as eagles and start to receive the strength that the enemy is attempting to rob you and to, and to smash you like a bug and, and get back into the race and run. 
Isaiah 12, 3 says, Therefore with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. And so tonight, you are the shovel. I cannot dig for you. It's just the way it is. It's the way God has worked this wonderful thing out. It's a personal relationship with Almighty God. And so if you would at least be kind enough at this point in time to at least stand where you're at, and I pray and hope that, look, especially those of you who don't have an ounce of might left in you, it is the sacrifice of praise and worship. And just kind of went back into the archives and tried to find some ones that we used to use on Wednesday. They're not foreign. You'll know. You won't have to even look at them. You'll remember the words as God will start to refresh you in the wells of your salvation as you dig. And God knows whether you're digging.